Michigan State football transfer portal news. Someone is leaving the team, but also we got a big visitor on campus this week. And we also got a big game in basketball coming up. We talked with Zach Seiko of Locked On Nittany Lions to get to know a little bit more about the Nittany Lions before the matchup. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. greatest people of all time yes of course you already know who i'm talking about you i'm talking about you the watcher or the listener of lockdown spartans before going any further linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown college that's linkedin.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply we got a big one today because well yeah well football well there's no bowl game going on but Off-seasons are never, ever boring in the Mel Tucker era. We have some transfer portal news we have to get to, and then, yeah, we got this big basketball game over in Happy Valley we have to talk to as well. But really quick, hey, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us if you ever, ever want to reach out. So let's get to it right now. Look, and if you're a really good listener of this podcast, sorry, I almost forgot this note. I know we teased Mark Titus of the Titus and Tate podcast for today's show. Got an email from him. I uh, felt pretty under the weather, so we're trying to reschedule that. So, yes, if you're disappointed to just see my face on the show and not the wonderful Mark Titus, I, I yeah, I, I can only imagine how devastated you are right now. But sorry, this is all you're going to get for this segment. We will be talking to Mark Titus next week. Now, to the actual news and meat of the show. Running back Jarek Broussard, he is out of here. He has joined the transfer portal as the well window just opened up not too long ago. Uh, you know who this is. He is the running back. Started as kind of, you know, the co-starter alongside Jalen Berger. They were 1A and 1B seemingly, but then fell down the ranks to third on the depth chart. Worked his way back up to two on the depth chart, but alas, it is a one-and-done season for Jarek Broussard, the former Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year that came in from Colorado. Uh, He nearly had 350 all-purpose yards this year, three touchdowns for Michigan State. His best game against Akron, 81 yards and two touchdowns. That's when we were still all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed about this season, but no, of course, um, it didn't go that way the rest of the year. He also did have that big touchdown against Illinois and then had an 80-yard game against Rutgers. So yes, there were some good moments for Jarek Broussard during the season, but he is gone. Uh, Now that leaves MSU with eight open slots. Now each team gets 85 positions to fill out, 85 scholarships, I should say. So when I say eight more spots right now, that could be either with transfers or additional players into this year's 2023 recruiting class. So who is still left in this running back room? Uh, a lot, actually. A, a, a gaggle of people are still in this running back room. We have Harold Joyner in this running back room. Jordan Simmons as well. We're still waiting to hear back on Eli Collins if he will return for another year. Jalen Berger as well and Davion Prim. I, look, th- this isn't like a me being inside info. This isn't coded language or anything. Me going, oh, I know something you don't know. It's just my gut feeling that Another kid is going to be leaving this running back room because those are five names. And wow, um, if five running backs play considerable amount of time for you in a season, that probably means things aren't going well and there's a whole lot of injuries or a whole lot of question marks at your position. So by now, everyone knows where they are in the pecking order, I think. So we'll see 
who comes back, who follows uh, Jarek Broussard in the transfer portal. But right now, that's that's where it stands right here. Uh, so, like I said, Michigan State now has eight spots open for new players to join next year's team. And uh, Jarek Broussard joins Jalen Hunt, Deshaun Mallory, Chase Carter, Michael Fletcher, Jack Stone, Terry Lockett, uh, Jarek Broussard as well. Sorry, I just read his name a hundred times. And then uh, Kobe Myers as well. He was a walk-on. Yeah, so that's why we missed him. We were only talking scholarship players, but yes, uh, he was in there as well. Now, there is a fun little visitor coming up this weekend. And Michigan State hasn't thrown around a lot of offers willy-nilly in the transfer portal just yet. They've been pretty selective and well, here's a kid that's going to be getting offers from just about everyone. And it's someone that we talked about on yesterday's show. Only gave you three names. Uh, gave you that offensive tackle from Purdue. We gave you the defensive tackle from um, Western Michigan, Braden Fisk. And then we gave you this former top 40 commit to Texas A&M, Tunmache Adelaide. Well, he's visiting this weekend. This was our pie in the sky name. I said, yeah, everyone's going to be after him. We'll see if Michigan State can get any traction. Well, oh my goodness gracious, they are getting his first visit. And this guy's been offered by everyone. Uh, Miami, USC. I'm not even going to waste my time with all the names because this kid, hey, has the pedigree and the offer sheet of a kid that was a top 40 recruit in the country. But yes, after two games at Texas A&M, injured himself. Missed the rest of the year, and now he's hitting this transfer portal. And it's kind of like recruiting, right? Because the old adage in recruiting is that, hey, you either want the first visit for the kid or you want the last visit for the kid. And Michigan State will be his first visit coming up this weekend, December 9th to the 11th. Maybe he goes and checks out the basketball game going on this Saturday. And, hey, if you want to check out Michigan State take on Brown this Saturday, maybe let's get a... We want, uh, let's make sure I got his pronunciation. We want Adelaide chant going here because this would be a dynamic player. Uh, look, the defensive line already looks good right now with Maverick Hansen, Simeon Barrow, and Derek Harmon. But there is snaps to be had here. And yeah, you're not going to turn down a kid like Tunmache Adelaide. He could play inside. He could play on the edge. Texas A&M in his short amount of time there. Had him at both positions, but whew, this this kid plays in the mean streak. He can collapse a pocket. He's um, a top 40 recruit. They don't just throw these ratings around all willy-nilly, so this would be a big one. Let's see if you know you could even get him to commit after his first visit, even though you know he does plan on going out there and exploring the waters uh, that are now given to him in the transfer portal. Uh, really quick. Too. Uh, we are going to be getting into a basketball conversation with Zach Seiko of the Nittany Lions. But just if you only have 10 minutes today, let's just get into a quick little cliff notes of what Penn State does well and doesn't do well on the court. Penn State 6-2 on the season. This is their Big Ten opener after an eight-day break. God, good for them to have eight days between games. But uh, so far in their top 100 games or top 100 opponents that they've had, they have beat Butler, lost to Virginia Tech, and then they are fresh off a double overtime loss to Clemson. They are incredible at shooting the three-point ball. 40.4%. That is top 20 in the country. They're also really good at shooting free throws as well. 78.7%. That is top 20 in that metric as well. However, 
They are fifth to last in free throw attempts in the country at about 11 per game. They're also really good at keeping the ball. They only turn the ball over 14.3% of their possessions. That is 10th best in the country. And you can thank Jalen Pickett for that. He orchestrates that offense like a maestro. And on the flip end, Michigan State, pretty terrible at turning teams over. Uh, they only turn teams over at a 15.6% clip. To add context, that is 327th best in the country, a.k.a. Not really good at all. Uh, now, what is Penn State kind of struggling at this year? I mean, they are 6-2. and two. They're not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. They are looking to get in the NCAA tournament, kind of like Michigan State is this year, but not really good at turning teams over. Uh, their turnover percentage on defense is actually worse than Michigan State's. So that's nice to hear as well. Uh, they only turn teams over 15% of the time, and... Uh, this is crazy because we're so used to Michigan State turning the ball over so frequently in the last few years. But so far this season, Michigan State has done an okay job at keeping the ball. They've only turned the ball over 16.9% of possessions, which is good for a nice 69th best in the country. To add context, no, you're not crazy. If it seems like Michigan State has always been bad at this recently, the last six years for Michigan State, it has been at least 18% turnover percentage and that ranks below the average in the nation in the last five of the last six years so no you're not crazy Michigan State in recent history has been horrible at keeping the ball and also Penn State too one other quick note they don't care for offensive rebounding they rank outside the top 300 in that metric as well but it's a team that loves to run get up and down the court they have shooters they have a great player in Jalen Pickett and we're going to see how this goes. Bart Torvik has it as a 69-64 to 64 Penn State victory, but hey, stay tuned. 6.30 Big Ten Network to find out what happens. Now, we will talk a lot more in depth about this game in a hot second, but first, I just have to talk your ear off about LinkedIn Jobs. That's right. You already know what LinkedIn is. One of the best platforms out there as far as social media goes and the very best for getting hired and hiring the right people. This is the time to start hiring these days. Every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and, best of all, for free. You're going to just upload your job to your website at LinkedIn Jobs and add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Hey, they're rated number one by small businesses for a reason, so what are you waiting for? LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Also, just like we said, Top of the segment, Michigan State projected to lose by 5 points, 69 to 64. Well, hey, if you don't agree with that, betonline.net is where you should throw a few shekels on the Spartans. Uh, look, BetOnline has Michigan State as four-point underdogs going into Happy Valley. And if you're feeling good about our Spartans, or if quite the contrary, you're not feeling so hot about our Spartans, well, you might as well get paid for it. And do so at betonline.net, your number one source 
For all your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis, get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball. Get in on the World Cup fever. Hey, also eSports too. You can bet on it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which I'm going to fetch a guess that you do since you're listening to this right now, go ahead and find more of those at BetOnline as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get in on all of the betting action. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That is at BetOnline where the game starts. Now let's get a little bit more into Spartans versus Nittany Lions with Zach Seiko of Locked On Nittany Lions. It is a Locked On crossover with Locked On Nittany Lions and Locked On Spartans. I am your host and well co-hosting this segment, Zach Seiko with Matt Shaheen of Locked On Spartans. And we did football. This one's a, a little closer this time, or at least it's projected to be anyway. Hope so. Yeah, that'd be uh, just fantastic if we can keep this within like single digits. You know, that'd be fun. Or even hey, mix it up and even win by single digits. I wouldn't say no to that. So Whew. don't let me get a little saucy over yeah. here. So the way we're going to do this, we're going to do this in two segments. I'm going to ask Matt about the Spartans, and he's going to ask me in the following segment about the Nittany Lions, and then we'll give our predictions here as this is going up here on Wednesday. So this is happening today. It's tipping off in the Bryce Jordan Center at 6.30. Uh, Penn State is a team that loves to shoot the three ball, and Michigan State is coming in uh, essentially limping. So I I don't know enough about this Michigan State team, but that's why we're having this conversation, and you're going to ask me the same stuff about Penn State, Matt. But uh, Michigan State, why has it been such a struggle since Malik Hall's been injured? Yeah, you are using the word limping figuratively and literally because also, too, in a four-game stretch, you go back to the PK-85, you played Alabama, played Oregon, you played Portland. You don't have Jaden Akins on your team as well for those three games. And then there was the fourth game against Notre Dame, didn't play there either. So we're missing two starters right off the bat. He comes back against Northwestern. Still doesn't go all too well for Michigan State. So what we're missing with Malik Hall is just a good defensive presence. Michigan State has been blitzed in the pick and roll the last four games that he has been gone. And it was made apparent as Northwestern point guard Boo Booey once again had a Hall of Fame performance against the Spartans. And look, would Hall have been assigned him the whole game? No, but he could have mitigated the damage in the pick and roll game. But yes, that is what you get when you're missing a starter or two starters for three of those games. And just to begin with, like Michigan State isn't even that deep going into the season as well. There's only maybe seven players that are ready to play division one basketball right now so far. So yeah, that's not doing us any favors as well. Any slanting. Yeah. I saw there were some walk-ons that were getting some significant minutes. Uh, just basically yeah. guys that were deeper on the depth chart or deeper in the rotation. And that's what Michigan state's had to turn to. Uh, what are we finding out about Michigan state? Is that, is it Aikens's presence is more important? Is it hall? That's more important. Uh, I, I want you to pick between the two because I know they're they're very valuable. But yeah. which one? It, who would you rather have on the floor if you had to pick? That is a that's a fantastic question. I'm sure if you pulled the fan base, it'd be a 50-50 split right down the okay. middle. But I'm gonna go prisoner of the moment right here, and I'm gonna say Malik Hall. I, I would have said Jay Aikens before the Northwestern game. And look, Aikens he brings a lot to the table. He's the most athletic guy on the court. More games than not, he can shoot the three point ball. He is a multi level scorer. But wow, did you miss Malik Hall's rebounding his defense? He can also pull it out, shoot the three as well. He has a low post game as well. And well, when you need a quick bucket down low, so far all that you've gotten is, well, A.J. Hogarth, how about you just get to the lane and bowl yourself in there, get a layup. Beyond that, 
not a lot of easy buckets around the rim. So you're missing that with Malik Hall as well. So I could be changing my answer Wednesday night if this thing goes south for Michigan State or if Akins explodes and has a great game. I'll say, yeah, I told you all on Akins was the more important player. But right now, oh boy, it's hard to watch that Northwestern game and say that uh, it's not Malik Hall at this point with his veteran leadership as well, if I could add that. Yeah, I know that Malik Hall has a, a very diverse inside-outside game, right? Yeah. Um, and because he can do it, he can do both. He's not a one-dimensional player like, oh, he's only really good at this. Oh, he can only really do this well, but it, it helps Michigan State. It's that all-encompassing, he does a little bit of everything. Yep. And uh, for Penn State, I think it's – I mean, I, I wanted to see the best matchup possible, but I think they're catching Michigan State uh, at the right time to open up Big Ten play. Uh, you know, I'll answer more about the Nittany Lions here in the upcoming segment. But as you know, this is a team that likes to shoot the three ball. They have yep. more than just one three-point shooter when it was last season. It was just really Miles Dredd, and that was a Miles Dredd that didn't – he wasn't 100% with the shoulder. And – now he's healthy. He's got a supporting cast around him so they can distribute the ball any which way. How's Michigan State in terms of defending the three ball? Pretty solid. You, you do have athletes around the perimeter that you do feel good about, starting with A.J. Hogard up top, Tyson Walker as well. Shorter guy than A.J. Hogard, but he's got quick hands. Really good at stealing the ball, anticipating plays, all that hubbub. Jaden Aikens also solid as well, although that, that foot I still don't think is 100%, but still – Around the perimeter, you're feeling okay about your defense for Michigan State. But where they've gotten hurt the last two games against Notre Dame and Northwestern is that sometimes the guys are getting a little lost on defense. So some open three-point opportunities. So, yes, as I'm looking at stats, and Penn State is shooting the three-point ball roughly at a 89% clip for you guys seemingly. It's like, oh, okay, we can't be doing that again on Wednesday night of just getting lost in outer space here and just letting you know your guys shoot <laughs> wide open three-pointers so yeah it, it it is good if you're sticking on your guy usually they are but some of the role players that are thrust into starting positions pierre brooks is who i'm talking about uh we, yeah. we just love it if we could stay on our guys here that'd be, that'd be awesome that'd be awesome so while penn state's great in the backcourt uh front court is where they're uh significantly lacking behind they just they just don't have the height and the guys that are big are true freshmen uh, one yeah. of them is Keba Jai, who, you know, I'm more than happy to answer questions about in a second. But uh, could Michigan State uh, essentially dominate Penn State on the boards? How are they in the front court comparing to the Nittany Lions who are just there? That's just not their game this year. They'll eventually get bigger for the Big Ten, but it's just yeah. not this season. That is a, another fantastic question. Man, you should do this professionally over there. Look at you go, because these are just bangers <laughs> of we, questions. But... Don't, don't we do this with Locked On? Isn't that what, we, what we're doing here professionally? You get a paycheck from them? Wow. How about that? Wow. Huh, I got to reach out to someone about that. Uh, anyway. I guess I shouldn't have yeah. said anything. <laughs> well, uh, here we are. I'll, I'll tie up those loose ends after this chat. But look, if you ask me after the Kentucky game about MSU's front court, it's like, huh, we got Mighty Sissoko. This guy's absolutely killing it. He hung in with Drew Timmy. He was just neck and neck with Oscar Sheebway in that game as well. Was he better yeah. than him? No, I'm not going to go that far. I'm not that much of a slappy, but he played incredible. Ever since then, not so much, though. He's just been kind of mediocre, pedestrian. And that's what we thought we'd get from him going into the season. So it was kind of a correction of sorts. So Mighty Sissoko is fine. I just don't think that we could use the word dominant when looking at this matchup, even though it's just too true freshman, because Michigan State hasn't faced ferocious front courts ever since the Kentucky game, and they're still not getting a lot. Now, what is almost a mirror image 
of uh, you folks in Happy Valley is that, yeah, we also have two true freshmen playing big man as well. We have Jackson Kohler, former top 60 recruit. It's been a little slow to get him going so far. And then we have another gentleman. He's uh, roughly eight foot nine. Carson Cooper from IMG Academy. The whole plan was to, hey, come on in, Carson. We're going to redshirt you. And then when you're ready, we'll eventually start playing you. Yeah. But when you only have three big men, Zach, you just have to play him. You have out of necessity, you have to play him. So he's been thrust into some spot minutes here and there. And look, I don't think that they've gone necessarily well, but what can you do? The kid just clearly wasn't ready. And this was never the plan, but now we're starting to see, well, what happens when this is the unit that you have to walk in with? So, no, I, I don't think it'll be a dominant performance. I don't think it'll be a huge advantage for Michigan State, but it, it's not something that I just can throw away completely because, yeah, it, it's nice to fall into another matchup where it is other true freshmen uh, against us. So, hopefully, it's a wash. I'll take that. I'll take a wash. We'll see. Yeah, it makes, makes complete sense here. That's kind of what <laughs> I, I'm glad that's kind of the matchup I want to look for when it's Penn State is, oh, somebody else who struggles a little bit in the front court. Last question I have, uh, because we're going to turn it over to you and you're going to play detective with my team, is how do they do with pace? How are the Spartans when it comes to really fast pace? I'm not saying that Penn State plays like Mm -hmm. Gonzaga, but they want to play when they want to push up and down the floor. Uh, It's fine for the most part. Fine for the most part, because when you think Michigan State basketball, you also, to a sense, you know, think running up and down the court, decent tempo, getting out on the fast break, all all those great cliches we've known about Tom Izzo basketball over the last 20 plus years. But against Alabama, okay, they they were kind of track meted out there. Alabama, they've got good athletes. And when you have a lottery pick and Brandon Armstrong as well, uh, that's going to hurt things uh, too. But I think it's fine keeping up with teams that play at a little bit of a higher tempo, I just start to worry about what if this keeps bleeding into like late January, early February, are we even conditioned enough with an eight man team to to, do this over and over again? But I think as things stand right now, I I don't think tempo overly bothers this team at all. So, well, which we'll take, we got to take the silver linings when we can. So, yeah. It is a Locked On crossover with Locked On Nittany Lines and Locked On Spartans. I'm Zach Seiko. He's Matt Sheehan. And when we take a break here, we're going to flip sides when we come back on this Locked On crossover. Are you ready for the hot seat, Mr. Zach Seiko? Because yeah, we got to find I out bet. about your team. I'm sorry, not your team. Your six and two Nittany Lions yeah. team. Just overall thoughts on the season. Is six and two where you want it to be? Yes, you have faced. Three solid opponents rated in the top 100 in Bart Torvik. You went one and two against them. But overall, is this where you want to be, or is this a little better than what you thought going in? I thought this was kind of where they would be. I honestly yeah. thought they'd be undefeated. Um, gotcha. They could have They could have beaten Clemson in double overtime. They could have beaten Virginia Tech, and that's a Virginia Tech team that is doing very well that's going to end up in the NCAA tournament. And look how closely that they handled them. Uh, it, was, it was a two-point game on a neutral site. Uh, they should have yeah. beat Clemson in overtime. They had an opportunity. I just don't think they had the – they just didn't give themselves the best shot selection. But uh, had they picked a better shot, they would have won that game on the road. And that's a tough one to do because Clemson is good and they had that home court that night. So uh, yeah. I, I like Penn State coming into this game, especially because they've now had eight days since – they haven't played basketball. You might say, okay, well, the rest versus rust debate. Uh, but right. now they they finally get to focus on a team – for a long stretch of time. And Tom Izzo's a great coach. Uh, Michigan State's a great program. We all know that. 
Uh, mm. And Micah Shrewsbury has brought this up when you ask him about it in press conferences and interviews and says, you know, we haven't had a chance to focus on one of these tougher opponents for a long stretch of time. It's always a back-to-back like it was at the Charleston Classic or it was a quick turnaround anyway against these tougher opponents. Uh, so like, uh, let's take an example here, you know, Virginia tech coming right off of Furman, right? Furman was already yep. a tough opponent as it was. And then Virginia tech's better. And you didn't know you were playing them 20 hours before. And now you're going to put a game plan together or at least an official one, but you had, instead sure. of scouting just two teams, now you have the Spartans and you have them eight days to put the perfect battle plan together. And a good battle plan to face Michigan state would probably be using one of your got 13 fifth year seniors that Penn state has on the team. I, you guys are littered with old experience, but no one more important than Jalen Pickett. What, what is it about him that just makes him great? Uh, just do, do a soliloquy on, on Jalen Pickett, if you don't mind. Well, all right, perfect. Uh, I, I like the comparison <laughs> that they've given him, uh, that the players have compared him to, or I, I forget where I heard this exactly, but they said that he is essentially the same kind of player as watching your uncle play a pickup game of basketball uh, at the church league because gotcha. he's so uh, unorthodox with the way that he plays basketball. And I, the, the whole church orthodox that no pun intended there. Uh, I like but, that one though. Nice. Yeah, it was good. I was like, wow, that was good. Um, I did <laughs> I, some, some credit. Um, and it's the way that he's a leader. He's tough. He's not afraid to do anything on the floor. And I think he likes just being able to do it all, whether it's, he's a distributor one night, he's a shooter another night. He's tough going to the basket. Uh, he, you know, causes ruckus on the defensive end and is just, you know, he's like glue. He's going to stick to you. Uh, so w- with that being said, I think that Jalen Pickett is just a guy that inspires everyone around him to play better basketball. His energy is infectious because he's just not afraid to do the little things and he's not afraid to do things that he doesn't particularly like it's not his best skill set. If, if I would say like, he's good at so many things. But the things mm-hmm. that he he needs, he does the things he needs to do rather than the things that he wants to do. Uh, and when it starts there with him as your guy that brings up the ball, that basically runs the offense, that runs the floor chemistry, uh, that's that's huge when he's not, you know, your secondary option or he it starts with him and it ends with him. And it has been an unreal performance when it comes to shooting the three-point ball for your Nittany Lions so far this season. Top 20 in the nation at three-point percentage and Look, Jalen Pickett isn't like a lights-out three-point shooter, but he can clearly get things done everywhere else. And everywhere else around him is guys like Seth Lundy, Andrew Funk, Cameron Winter. These are three guys that shoot above 38%. One of those names shoot over 45% so far this season. So what has gotten them off to a hot start? Are they good at shot creation off the dribble? Is it just a lot of picks and opening lanes? Is it just Pickett being a wizard at finding these guys open on the perimeter? Or what is to credit for this awesome start shooting so far. It's that last part that you mentioned, but it's more all all encompassing than that. It's the, it's the fact that yes, Jalen Pickett finds open, open men along the arc, but it's also the same thing. All those other players can do the exact same thing. Uh, It's not so much that they're creating their own shots it's that other players help them create those shots and they're able to get free. That's when I brought up when I said, you know, in the last segment, I'm bringing up that, Oh, Penn state likes to push the pace. No, they're not Gonzaga. No, they're not Arizona. But Mm -hmm. they want to run up and down the floor because that's just the strength this year. Micah Shrewsbury has been so good in two seasons, just tailoring his philosophy 
around the players that he has. He's got a lot of great combo guards, so why not use them to your advantage? He's got a lot of great shooters. Last year, you had to rely on defense and smart offense by taking the shot clock all the way down this year. You can use those athletes that you have and run the floor. You don't have to be as conscious of, well, we, we got to make sure we stop them on defense. Cause we don't know if we can put up 55. That's not the case this year. It's, can you match our scoring with 75, 80, a pop a night? And that's like yeah. on the lower end. So uh, for Penn state, the biggest key is getting open for the threes by other people creating shots and it's just the vision that people have. It's the, uh, the discipline to be unselfish with the basketball as well. I can't think of a single player on that team. It's like, man, you know, that's guy's a ball hog. Like everyone sure. uh, is fine with doing what they need to do just to create an open shot for a teammate. I think people would rather get the assist than make the basket. What it feels like sometimes. What worries you the most about your team? Is there still something that just doesn't sit right with you that gets you a little nervous for this matchup coming up tonight? I don't know about this matchup particularly because, I mean, Michigan State's just a well-coached team, uh, but it's never a case of, well, well Micah, Micah Shrewsbury can run circles around any other lackluster coaching uh, yeah. in, in college basketball. Like Micah Shrewsbury is one of the best. His staff is one of the best. So anytime him and Tom Izzo go head to head, I don't worry about it. It's just like, who's going to make that last move that ultimately wins the chess match? Um, but Micah Shrewsbury, the reason Penn State won a lot of games last year was because of how good of a coach he was uh, and was able to create so much just from the bench. Uh, as far as what I'm concerned about this Penn State team over the long haul, it's the it's the front court. It, it has to be because their big man, yeah. their big man right now is a <laughs> six foot seven Caleb Dorsey and great athlete. He's perfect for this group because he can run up and down the floor with them. If they had a John Hara, and this isn't to take a shot at John Hara, but mm -hmm. he didn't have the speed to do this kind of thing. And it, it would have been exhausting for him to run up and down the floor constantly, uh, even though he would have been the biggest man on this team. Uh, the, so the second part of that is Keba Jai. Is Keba Jai going to be able to learn quick enough so that he can be a guy they rely on in the Big Ten tournament? And I think that Penn State can ultimately break through and be that eighth team out of the big 10 to make the NCAA tournament. Maybe that's me being a homer, but I think they have that potential is Keba Jai. Keba Jai needs to be the X factor because you're not going to get anywhere in the big 10 tournament and definitely not the NCAA tournament. If you don't have Keba Jai as your six foot 10, six foot 11 guy, if he's not ready to carry on that responsibility, they're slowly easing him into the game plan. But he and he doesn't need to be a focal point this year, but he's got to grow up real fast in year one. Sure. Yeah. Oh, we know that all too well for front men or, or, or sorry, front court big men uh, that are freshmen. So with that said, um, hey, look, the, the Vegas line comes out Penn State by four uh, favored for yeah. the first time at home against Michigan State since 1997. Wow. Kyle Austin of MLive.com brought up on Twitter earlier today. And Bart Torvik has this as a 69 to 64 not so nice Penn State victory in my end of the world, but that's probably, you know, uh, very delightful to hear on your yeah. side. Surprised about that? Or is that kind of where you have your prediction as well as we round out this year's show? 
Uh, I actually had it si- 70 to 68 when even before the spread okay. came out. And I'm just going to stay with that because that's more of a gut pick than anything else. It's not looking at the numbers. Um, mm-hmm. It's just Michigan State is still a Big Ten team and they're still very well coached. And now that they've had a couple of these games under their belt where it's like, man, we really got to adjust here without Malik Hall and getting Akins back into the lineup uh, in full force. That's why I think that now that they've had time to adjust, it's not going to be a, you know, oh, Notre Dame won from start to finish. Mm -hmm. Uh, As much as I would like to see Penn State do that on the home court, I just think that Izzo's too good of a coach to let this happen multiple times uh, now that we've seen it against Notre Dame and Northwestern. But home court matters. Uh, The fact that Penn State, like I said, had the eight days to prepare for this game and Notre, uh, and excuse me, Michigan State is coming off that recent game against Northwestern. I actually think that helps as well. Uh, Michigan State's just going to be competitive. So even though it's going to be 70 to 68 in my book, uh, Penn State will, it'll look a little more decisive than the score leads on. Let's just say that. I don't hate that. And I actually got two guesses. Uh, how you like that? I'm just going to cheat completely at this. Either Michigan State sure. wins 65-64, grinds one out, you know, gets a really gritty road Big Ten win. Or, yeah, they just get ran out 76 to 58. Uh, stay okay. tuned tonight to see which one of those is going to yeah. be correct. <laughs> so it, this could go one way or another. Uh, regardless, uh, one of us is going to have a lot of fun, though. Um, yeah, this is a good way to end it. Let's, hey, let's just make sure the winning team has as much fun as humanly yeah. possible while watching them. So, Zach, can't thank you enough, man. This, is, uh, this has been great. And I know a lot more about the Nittany Lions now than I did before we hit this recording button here. Yeah, same thing with the Spartans. We've had the conversation over the past few days previewing it here in our hometown. But uh, yeah, it'll it'll be a good game nevertheless. I always enjoy yeah. doing these crossovers. It'll be hectic. So yeah, gang, you know where to find us. Over there, Zach Seiko, Locked on Nittany Lions. Over here, Matt Sheehan, Locked on Spartans. Uh, commiserate with us if there's a loss or celebrate with us if there's a victory on whatever podcast you desire. Let's go. Let's have a great day. Woo!